Good morning, church. We are so glad that you've joined us this morning online. Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. You know, we sure miss seeing each and every one of you. You know, it's always an honor and a privilege for me to share God's word. And so will you please join me in prayer? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we have to come together to learn, worship you, Lord. And so right now, I ask that you be with us as we open our hearts and our mind to what you have to share with us this morning. So, Father, we thank you for your word, which is alive. Bless us now, Lord, and shower us, anoint us with your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You know, last Sunday, we celebrated Easter. Our Redeemer lives. You know, what a celebration it was. Not the usual way of celebration to where we could all get together, physically get together. But because of technology, we celebrated together online while sheltering in place. So here I am, and you are there, and a week after Easter still, still sheltering in place, and all that comes with the COVID-19 pandemic, the new normal routine of life. So church, let me ask you this. Have you ever felt like life had given you more than you can handle? Have you ever been deeply disappointed? Have you lived with unmet expectations? Does it feel like your world had been turned upside down? Have you ever wrestled with those big questions that says, what's next? Where do I go? What do I do? Has your life ever been shattered? If so, then you know what it's like to be like the two disciples in our scripture this morning. And so I'm going to ask you if you have your Bibles with you to, and also maybe uh, your Bible app on your phone to turn to the Gospel of Luke. It's in chapter 24, starting with verse 13 to 35. It is a long scripture verse that we're going to be going over. So I hope you're ready because we're going to dig deep into God's word this morning. Again, Luke 24, and here it is. Now that same day, two of them were going to the village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you you're discussing together as you walk along? They stood still their faces downcast. And one of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priest and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all of this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb, 
found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. It's Easter morning, church. The two disciples are leaving Jerusalem. Who can blame them? Jerusalem is a place of pain, sorrow, and loss. It is a place of death, disappointment, discouragement, despair, doubt, and defeat. It is a place where their lives were shattered. No one wants to stay in that place. I sure don't, do you? You see, the disciples were heartbroken and their hope shattered. You see this light bulb right here? Hope can be represented by a, this light bulb. You see, hope is bright and promising, full of potential, but also very, very fragile. You see, they had hope for the Messiah to rescue them, a Messiah who would deliver their nation from the oppression of the Roman rule. You see, in a matter of just few hours on Good Friday, their hope, remember, their hope, their hope was, let me show you. Their hope was shattered. And there's a part of them that's been lost, a part of them that died with Jesus. What had gone wrong? Maybe this road describes the one that you're on this morning. Notice that they were discussing the events of the past, trying to figure out just what happened. Often we don't know what has happened, but we do know that something has happened and we're desperately trying to figure it out. You know, it was just, I would say, about after January, around February, We've never heard of COVID-19 or coronavirus. What happened? It just happened. We're, we're sheltering. We are wearing masks. We are social distancing six feet apart. Essential workers are the only one who could be working and no schools for our kids. And personally, for my kids, for Makaya and Gabby, who will be graduating and will be graduating next month, without a ceremony, without a ceremony, and everything has been canceled. And also, my parents are having their 50th anniversary, and I'm planning to have a family celebration, and it will probably be canceled as well. Talk about being discouraged and disappointed, shattered. And we are all trying to make sense through all of this and trying to figure it out. And maybe some of you on the other side of the screen and your deepest fears have turned into nightmares. You see, as the travelers that morning made their weary way to Emmaus, a stranger joined them. We know, of course, that that, is, that was the risen Jesus, but somehow they didn't recognize him. Shattered hope can make us blind to the truth of God. Shattered hope can blind us to the living presence of the, and the power of God walking with us, talking with us, listening to us, comforting us, and challenging us. Jesus knew exactly in which direction these two disciples were walking. He knew exactly which road. He knew exactly where they were 
and he knows exactly where we are, where you are. The stranger asked them, what's going on? And he listened and allowed them to tell their deepest hurts, angers, and frustrations. Jesus desires to converse with us through the means of prayer. Like these two disciples, we can tell him that whatever is in our hearts and in our minds this morning, church, he wants to listen and talk with us. His coming to them, Jesus coming to them and walking alongside them illustrates to us, illustrates to us the truth. And the truth is this, that he promises us that I am with you always. I am with you always. You see, the road to Emmaus is a road of companionship that tells us that Jesus desire to walk with each and every one of us. It shows us that Jesus is with us even when we don't recognize him. You see, Jesus goes out of his way to come to us. Jesus cares and loves us so much that he pursues us down to these roads of heartache and pain hurt and confusion in order to turn us around and start us back right up on the right road or even the same road, but now in a more positive direction or maybe a positive attitude. And Jesus promises us this morning from Psalm 23, 4, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You see, Jesus came to the two disciples in order to turn a shattered hope to a renewed hope. Let me repeat that again. Jesus came to the disciples that morning in the road to Emmaus in order to turn a shattered hope to a renewed hope. Jesus wants to do the same for you and for me this morning. He wants to transform our shattered hope to renewed hope. So let's see, as they continue, let's look at these two disciples. As they continued their journey, Jesus began renewing their shattered hope by revealing the truth. Scriptures. Jesus delivers an amazing Bible study citing from memory, from memory passages from Moses and the prophets. And what is he doing? He's explaining. He's explaining to them all scriptures which relates to the Messiah himself, bringing all, bringing all in scriptures of it into focus. Not about the disciples, focus on the Messiah, Jesus himself. You see, these two disciples needed the word of God applied to their situation that morning in the road of Emmaus. And that is exactly what the Lord did that morning. He took them to the scriptures and gave them hope in their moment of hopelessness. Church, isn't that what the scripture does to us, to each and every one of us? How much we need the scriptures today. I don't know how I can live life without the word of God. For the past months, this whole COVID-19 has been very difficult 
for me. There has been many challenges and struggles, anxieties and worries and challenges, but I know that his word has been an anchor for me, an anchor. And it says on Hebrews 6, 19, that we have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure. So church, let me ask you this this morning. How are you in your daily intake of God's word in your life? How are you in your daily intake of God's word in your life? Think about that because we need the word of God, especially in our times that we are in today. So let's continue on in verse 28. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as he were going further. But they they urged him strongly stay with us for it is nearly evening the day is almost over so he went in to stay with them i love these 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 couple of verses because you you know why the disciples invite the stranger please don't go you must stay with us you see church jesus with all of power and authority will not stay in our lives without our personal invitation. Jesus wants a relationship with us, with you and me. And if you have not invited him in your life this morning, I want to encourage you right now is the time. It's not later on. It's not tomorrow or next week. It is right now to invite him and allow him to stay with you. And Revelation 3.20 tells us, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. And verse 30 of the the passage, it tells us when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked, each other were not our hearts burning within us while while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us church all they know was that their hearts were burning within them and they wanted the blessing to last how else could these disciples describe their time with jesus as a burn as a burning that occurred within deep within their hearts church this was not truly a heartburn that neither Rolades or Tom's could cure. This was no acid reflux. Rather, this was Jesus. It was Jesus and what he does. And this is what the word of God does. You see the word of God as a way of touching us in the heart. Because it tells us in Hebrews, for for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The more we spend time in the word of God and study it, the more we will want to fellowship with God and his word. 
I don't know about you, but when, when I am in the presence of God, I do know that there is that burning desire to want to go deeper in the Word, a deep desire to want to know Him more and more. So this morning, church, I want to encourage you to spend more time in the Word. And you know, with this COVID-19, it won't stop us. We are going to provide you a way to join a small group, a Bible study, in spite of what's going on around, around us to where we, can get, we can't get together, but we have made it possible and we will make it possible for you to be able to know and learn more about God through his word with the use of technology. So we want to encourage you. So reach out to one of our staff that are here at the Croc Center. With renewed mind, renewed hope, they ran back to Jerusalem with long, the long discouraged walk, remember, on their way out of Jerusalem, discouraged, heading to Emmaus, and now from discouragement to joyous run to Jerusalem with renewed hope and strength. What did they do? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen. And has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what happened on the way and how Jesus recognized by them and when he broke the bread. Church, the two disciples realized that they had been in the presence of God. It was so life-changing and that there was no way that they could possibly hold it in. Once they came into the presence of the risen Lord, their hearts were ablaze, a burning fire that gives light for all to see, and that they saw, understood, and believed, all because of the risen Lord. Jesus' victory became the restoring hope. They couldn't be contained. They must tell everybody, they must tell someone, Church, as a follower of Christ this morning, we need to find ways to share hope we find that we find in Jesus Christ. The hope that is from Christ, especially in the time of this COVID-19 pandemic. Many shattered hopes. Many, many shattered hopes. Look around you. Look at the news, the social media. I think of people losing their job. And just, just want to let you know, it's been the toughest time to work. We at the Croc Center had to furlough over 200 staff. It's a tough one. Shattered hopes, financial challenges, emotional stress, broken relationships. Church, hope is needed more than ever today. We cannot and should not keep the lessons that we are learning as we are sheltering in place, the lessons learned, the blessings, the victories, and the hope that we find in Christ. Share it. Tell it to others about what Jesus has done in your life today. Because I tell you, others need to know that hope that you have inside of you. So I challenge you this week to call someone, to text, to share your renewed hope with others. And so this morning, as we conclude, we are currently living in times where people filled with fear and anxiety due to this uncertainty that has resulted from because of the COVID-19 coronavirus, 
Yet no matter how desperate and tragic a situation might become, let us always be reminded that there's always hope in the Lord. He's the source of our hope. Isaiah 40 tells us, and be encouraged by this, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. The road was no longer one of shattered hopes, but now it was a road of renewed hope. A road where hope is alive. That is what Jesus can do for you and for me. We can take what seems dead or hopeless and make it into something new. Something new. And that's always been something new. God is indeed allowing more family time in this sheltering in place. Breaking bread around the kitchen table or the dining room table. That's something new. Being able to worship and study the Bible together as a family. With much time, making relationship flourish. And so this morning, in spite of what is happening around us, church, we can trust and thank God for the hope that is found in him. And so as I close this morning, my prayer for you is this. As I leave you with the words from one of my favorite hymns that says, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Church, I don't know what types of shattered hopes that you're experiencing this morning. And my prayer is this, as I close out in prayer, I want to ask you and I want to challenge you to take this time, even as the praise and worship closes with a song that says, he knows you, he knows your name. I invite you to click on that live prayer button that is in the chat in this online that you click because we have some of our staff that is out there ready to take your prayer and pray with you. Because you see, we live in a shattered world with shattered hope, but we do have a God who cares, who gives us the victory and the hope that we need to get through what we're going through today. So pray with me. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for our time together. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we can get into your word. And Father, we pray for the strength that we need, Lord, to face all the circumstances and challenges that is upon us, Lord. It hurts. It hurts. But Father, we do know that you are there to comfort us, to heal us, to guide us through whatever we're going through. So Father, this week, I pray that you will encourage us to reach out and share the hope that we experience with you, that we live for, Lord, and that is found only in you. So right now, as, as, as the music is being played, Father, I pray that you will speak to the hearts of many on the other side of the screen. Wherever they may be right now, Lord, we are one with you and that you are everywhere. And together, Lord, as a family, we can help each other out and reach out and encourage each other. So thank you for your word this week. Help us to face this week knowing that we're not alone, that you are walking with us. You're walking with us to the road 
to the road that you're taking us. And certainly, like the two disciples, Lord, they are on their way to the road of Emmaus. We are also in that journey with you, Lord. So thank you. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.